three, two. All right, go, Chico, go, look out. My balls is totally moving. New and improving. Now that we can back up. I've got the heart and desire. My balls are on fire. Ready to take us to the top. Welcome to the show. Did you know that your mom is on? Chico, come here. Come here. Oh. <laughs> oh. It's a 4th of July party today, and because I, his father got up and did stuff around the house. I mean, I do stuff around the house. I do. I'm, uh, you got to see me, Michael. Mm. I'm like, uh. Swifferin? Mr. Mom. Yeah. Uh, Mr. Mom. Sorry. I got you. Mrs. Doubtfire. I could do that. Like, I could wear, like, a fat suit and titties mm-hmm. and clean the house. All right. The t- I clean the house. If, all when the- there's no kids involved, I'm not sure that still counts as Mrs. Doubtfire. <laughs> oh. I never Especially watched- if you got a glory hole in your bedroom. <laughs> hey, man, it's not put up yet, so but that is exciting, I got to tell you. Oh, I like the handlebars on it. Yeah. I wasn't expecting that. It's funny. I got a tutorial on how to set it up, and in the tutorial... At one point, it's he recommends that I use extra long screws because that's one, the only kind you do. One, oh. <laughs> oh man! I, Welcome to the show, Megan Holiday. <laughs> oh yeah, sorry. <laughs> I was gonna, I was, I was gonna get to. Thank you. I was gonna get to Megan in a minute. Uh huh. <laughs> smoking broken chihuahuas. You know what I mean? Like. Sorry, holes. <laughs> so delayed. And, and and I didn't want to. You know, I punched my head. Yeah, that's 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 that, that was that was fast What's for me. Okay, yeah, right. In twenty minutes, wait for another one where I'm like, I forget that I didn't do it. Um, oh. Yeah, but the the glory hole. Shout out to glory hole guy, by the way. Um, he Good. said get bigger screws because one time it broke from me. I broke. Wow. It. Yeah, pumping the. Pumping the the door, oh my God. so he's like, get extra strength ones. Can you? I don't really want to go see it. Can you? And for people who will never have the pleasure, can you explain? I mean, I understand what a glory hole is, but to have one, because I typically th- would think of. Why don't you, know, you want to see it? it? You won't get the gay if you see it. I'm not afraid of that. I, mean, I know, but I'm, I'm gonna. I'll tell you what. I'm gonna. Well, see, here's the thing. I'm a proxy. I'm gonna send it to Miles, and then Miles can put it up for all of us. Oh, to nice. See. Oh, okay. I was yeah. gonna say I'm a proxy for all the people yeah. who will never be in your bedroom, and certainly there's someone that will apply I to. I had I had never seen one till today. Mm-hmm. So because I think of them as being in remote locations. I, I think of a gas station. Yeah, bathroom. exactly. Right. That's 1, your classic location. Yep. So I just kind of want to know. Is it like a divider? Like if you're in like a hospital nah. room that has two beds? No. Nah. Okay, I'm glad you asked. So, right. Uh, That's what I'm here is, for. This is great. This is great. You're going to learn too, Megan. This okay. is going to be exciting for okay, you. Okay, wonderful. Yeah. 
you never use it, but it's still. You never know. You, I mean, if you want to, you could come over and use hey, it. All right. Girls can use glory yeah, holes. Yeah, yeah. Twenty twenty three. Like I'll leave. Right? You know what I mean? Like, and you bring your. Significant oh wow! Oh, I, I Gmail, mean, Gmail sent me a like warning that says this message seems dangerous, <laughs> which I've never got. <laughs> I've never seen the, the red box on <laughs> Gmail before. Why and does I, it say that? And I had Gmail when it was in beta. <laughs> I am offended. Wow, that looks very dangerous. For see, sure. so it has, oh, so you play cornhole? Yeah, kind of. Yes. Yeah, see the handles; those are the grips you hang on. Uh huh. And then you 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 pump the hole. Get it? Yeah, what no, if really yeah, but I mean, tall, like, where, where is it? So it's up against the closet. Because yeah, I haven't put it up. I see. But where okay. will it be? There. Like, I'll up take, against the closet. I'll take that door out and yeah. then I'll put that door on. So wow. it'll open like an old school, old yep. western <laughs> saloon door. Yeah. Yeah. And you'll hear. You'll hear lock, this, it's you'll, it's you'll, got padlocks on the other side. So you lock it in. Yeah. And, and you'll then, be in there. Yeah. Well, I don't, I'm not much of a, a, a reciproc, reciprocant of a. Well said. Yeah. I've never done. Okay, got that. it. I've never uh-huh. done that. See, uh, and my, yet, as the owner of a glory hole, it seems like it should be right like when it's a home game. You got to be the catcher. I know. <laughs> I know the analogy. I know, but maybe I'll put it. Maybe what about if I put it in backwards? <laughs> so it's my glory hole, but mm-hmm. my dick is. What if you put it at the front gate? And then people oh. could drive up and present themselves <laughs> right. to you. And you just see me naked on the other side when you show up. Yeah. The neighbors would love that. You'd be like the neighbor from Home Improvement. Yeah. Oh, my God. Having indiscriminate gay sex. That was the other thing. He was like, uh, you know, like. How's YouTube on all this so far? Pull it up. Huh? Pull it up. And, wait, I don't know. Is that okay? I don't know. Man, I, I don't know. I mean, it could be for passing. What could you pass through there? Because that's what they're for. People think that they're for sex, but they're not. No, they're, of course not. It's for, for paying passing, tolls. Yeah. yeah, it's a toll Trolls, booth. Troll's hole. Pay this toll and you get a free ride. Mm-hmm. Sure, got it. Mm-hmm. To yes. Glory Town. Ooh, which Glory is a special Town, USA. Place that I made up in my mind. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's not bad. <laughs> so you said you've been industrious and um, uh, in keeping up the home. I clean poo a lot in the mm-hmm. backyard, and I hose the gu- the garden the water sprinkler things broke, and they don't want to fix them. So there's no water squirting in the backyard, and the grass is dying. Mm. So I spray the backyard and the front yard every day, and when I spray it, I make rainbows every day. That's great, and it's. <laughs> Probably my f- most favorite part of my day. Shout out to the visible spectrum. Yeah. I, ca- I don't think I've gone out there and hosed the backyard and not made a rainbow. <laughs> I saw one on your Instagram. I make them. I make them on the daily. It was lovely. And to know that I have the power to make a rainbow <laughs> whenever I want to, it feels good. It feels good. I yeah. feel accomplished. Like a human skittle. Yeah. A little bit. A little no, bit. That's great. <laughs> so yeah, I'm probably more excited about making rainbows than having a glory hole. I feel that's, like I'm probably just, I'm going to rent it, Michael, so that people can go to Gloryville in their own minds, and and they can make videos and have to pay me because it's my studio. Oh, so this is a money making venture. Yep, it's you're a building money- a facility. Yeah, oh. it's a business. Right, it's so like a this- nightclub in your closet. Yes, exactly <laughs> like that. I'm going to do bottle service. Airbnb. Yes, I thought you were already doing butthole service. I am, but it's been free. No, it's not free. No, that's right. Yeah, I charge. I'm making a lot of money out of that too. Oh, that's great. Yeah. Yeah. Turns out people would rather that than me podcasting. No. Which is a bummer because I really like podcasting. I know. 
Yeah. I know. I'm pretty much just doing it for the passion. Now yeah, too. me too. Tony and, I, <laughs> Tony and I just live for it, man. It's just like what we do. Yeah. It's like funny. I know you're Can't living the enough. exact same life that I am where I'm just like, I've got a schedule. I got It's like for, for who? Nobody. <laughs> 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 and I can't decide if my wife doesn't know or if she's just humoring me. But I'm like, listen, I would love to help you with this, but I've really got to go down in the basement and talk to myself for an hour oh and a half. God. I'm sure you understand. Yes, yeah, serious stuff. She's like, and meanwhile, she's talking to a professional mental health specialist who's like, it hasn't sunk in yet that he's finished. Uh, Give him time. Oh. Give him time. He'll figure it out. Hey, let's talk about AG1. Let's. Jason, if your cupboard looks anything like mine, it's littered with a whole bunch of different supplements that I bought because somebody told me this one is good or I think I maybe need more of this in my life. And I've had the same ones up there for the longest time because like I forget to take them or it's annoying. Some of them I get weird burps from them and that's not very pleasant. I'm not sure what any of them were doing when I even did remember to take them. And I should probably clear them out and just put some more Crisco up there or something because they're not doing me any good now that I've got AG1 in my life on the daily michael i drink it every day and i feel great you know it's crazy you can see <laughs> what all of those minerals in my head Pumping minerals 750,000 of them. This guy was Bill Bixby until he yeah. found AG1. Now check out Lou Ferrigno over Let's go! <laughs> you know AG1! I need more! Wait, I've got a whole box. If a comprehensive solution is what you need from your supplement routine, then try AG1. Power up, everybody! <laughs> Turn the freaking volume up! Because we're going full tilt! Off your AG1 face! And get a free one-year supply of vitamin D and five free AG1 travel packs, if you dare, with your first purchase. Somebody throw me a freaking promo code! I'm juiced up to the nine! Well, then all you need to do, Jason, is go to drinkag1.com. Oh, I'll drink it. Slash J-E-S. You got that? That's the name of the show. Yeah. The initials you, of it anyway. Can you repeat that back to me, please? Uh, nah. Wait. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm pumped. <laughs> Good. Uh, no one said it makes you smarter. <laughs> Drinkag1.com slash J-E-S. That's what you got to do if you want it. Get it. Up ya. Let's go. Megan, you're not finished. You actually get paid to talk Ooh. into microphones. I do. How's that? I do. I is that do. fun? It is fun. Yeah, it, it must is. be. Yeah. I remember that. Do you I feel, can... yeah, right. I, can't, I barely do, but I it do was remember. Fun. It was but fun. But podcasting is really hard. I, I had a podcast, mm. but it's really hard to get people to give a shit about it. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's really hard. So, uh, but you know, I mean, you guys 1000% have a much bigger following than I will ever have. Well, it's just different, yeah. you know, because podcasting is narrow casting, where you're very well known to a very small number of people. What you do is you're still a broadcaster. You're a right. DJ, among other places, on the world-famous K-Rock here in Los Angeles, which means there's millions of people who are familiar with you. They don't just necessarily all follow your Instagram right. or whatever. Exactly. Right, yeah. right, right. Yeah. You're a legitimate celebrity. Yeah. Uh, I don't think so. You interviewed the singer of Silverchair, so I, I rest my case. Did. At his I, request? Yes. Yeah. When I saw that in our prep, thank you, Brianna, for doing that every week, I 
could feel Jason's heart breaking a little bit. Yeah, it was tough. <laughs> <laughs> For a second, because check it out. I'll be totally honest. This is how this is how I like to live my life. I'm so busy that I just don't know what's happening until it's happening. Like I went to a podcast yesterday and I thought it was my friend Sarah, but it was another Sarah. And I didn't know until I got in the room oh, and I saw her and I was like, wait, that's not, oh, oh, okay, well, that's cool. I, I like her too, so that worked out. And then I get the the thing for you, like a little bit about what you do or whatever, and I'm like, I already know you, whatever. But I see <laughs> silver chair and I just click on it. I just touch it because I go, silver chair, what? And then it's like, and then I'm like, wait. Is he coming in with Megan? Because <laughs> I'm wish. so, and I'm like, wait, I'm going to talk to the singer of Silverchair. This is a little too much for me. But he was serious. He well, was like, he is like, is he, like this is between us. Uh, is he gay? No, he is not. Not at all? No. Man. Yeah. He's yeah. an artist. Yeah. He's is an, that what that is? That's what yeah. And he's just, he's a very gentle soul. Yeah. You know? Yeah, almost gay. Very sensitive. Yeah, your soul is gay. But yeah, that was a wild experience. So getting, for people who don't yeah. know, at his personal request, you were flown to Australia to talk to him about a silver chair record? Yes. Holy so, crap. Well, so what it was, um, so I've been obsessed with silver chair since I was in high school. Um, like their album Diorama changed my life, which is the album that was like make or break for people because they were very grunge before that. And then Diorama was like... Uh, I don't know, like a rock opera, if you will, a little bit. It's a beautiful album. But anyway, um, so I had just been in touch with him throughout the years. I got to go and interview him and Luke Steele from Empire of the Sun. Um, or they came to the K-Rock Coachella house because they did their project called Dreams. And that was the first time I met Daniel. And, it, you know, my head exploded. Um, so we just kept in touch kind of throughout the years. So what happened was... You have the um, hugs for you or something? Oh, no. No, no, okay. no. Yeah. Um, he's, he's, he dates like supermodels. Like very, so? You know what I'm saying? Like, so what? Um, Did you have the hugs for him? <laughs> no, I, I'm not the kind of person that ever wants to... I don't ever see a famous person or, you know, someone in a band who go, I want to fuck that guy. Like, yeah, for sure. I'm not that kind of person. I get that. I just never yeah. know somebody that you really appealed to you when yeah, when you were yeah. uh before you were a professional. Mm -hmm. I, you know, I totally understand. I respect that there's plenty of male fronted bands that you like that you aren't sexually attracted to. I was right. just curious if you were if you were down for the concept album, sounds like you might have been DTF as well. Uh no. No, I when I just nice. really when I really <laughs> like respect someone, I'm just like, you just stay yeah. over here. Nice. Right. You know that's what good, I mean? That's a good policy. Um but I'm in a very happy relationship now. Oh, I see. And I, right. Yeah. Um so so basically his brother ends up reaching out to me um, because I had seen that Daniel had gotten into an accident. He was drinking and driving. He ended up uh, head-on collision into a car. And oh, wait. Nobody died, did they? No, they did not, okay, luckily. Good. Luckily. But it was very serious. And, you know, obviously he was, you know, got into some trouble legally and all that stuff. So I had kind of reached out and said, you know, just want to check in, make sure you're doing okay. If you ever need someone to talk to, because I've been sober seven and a half years, I'm, you know, here for you, whatever. So then his brother reached out and said, hey, we're, we want you to come out here and interview Daniel about everything that happened and talk about the new album and just be here, you know, for like a week to, uh, and, and, you know, they um, they had, like, this whole gallery at this museum just kind of going through um, Daniel's whole career and stuff. So I really got to uh, get immersed in it and actually go to Daniel's house to interview him. And it was 
one of those experiences in my life where I just could not believe that it was actually happening, you know. Was that his house in the interview? Yes. So he's got a lot of money. Yes. Uh, yeah. I mean, he made that 90s music money. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I paid for that house. Yeah. <laughs> you bought the Silver Chair album? Pretty much. Wow. Oh, yeah. No, I, I, and I bought it on iTunes. Did oh, you, you double ever? Dipped. When I drink, well, I don't drink anymore, but <clears throat> I used to like to end my night with uh, several renditions of one Silver Chair song over and over and over and over until I pass out. Oh, yeah? Yeah. My ex-wife would... Tell me about it in the morning. She said she could hear me downstairs. What was usually the song? Tomorrow. Just, oh, nice. Yeah. Yeah. All day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's my anthem. Had you ever seen them live? Nah, because I, I didn't like them. I, <laughs> I didn't like they were, they were gay. What? Yeah, I didn't like them. I didn't like them or Nirvana or any of that stuff because you, you go, I, the, you, there's different me's <laughs> through right. the decades. But when they showed up, I was like, ACDC, Metallica, Slayer, like who, like pretty Dan- Danzig, Danzig, Corrosion of Conformity. Yeah, wow, <laughs> <laughs> man, you're so awesome. <laughs> like, see, really, see, man, like yeah. really, like really ridiculous. Pantera, right. like yeah. a handful. <laughs> Infectious grooves. It's like late. That was nuts. <laughs> not, not if that okay. they, they started to crack. Uh-huh. Started to crack, and I was like, you know what? Maybe, yeah, maybe... Maybe metal can be funky. Yeah. Maybe Infectious Grooves isn't gay, you know? <laughs> See how hard it was for me to just be me? Because I was absolutely positive everything I was was wrong. So oh. I stayed tough as possible. So Silverchair, when they came out, I was like, shit, right. Yeah. Lame. <laughs> but then there were like, uh, I think it was like when I started to get drunk and sing classic 90, like, like Guns N' Roses or... <clears throat> The cult, where I didn't like the cult, but it was fun to sing the cult really drunk. Bon Jovi, I don't like Bon Jovi. I never liked Bon Jovi, but living on a prayer, I'll sing it like full pelt, everything I got. Oh, yeah. Just made, it was just fun to do. It is fun, yeah. So something changed and I started to like songs for other reasons and let go of keeping it real. Being tough. Yeah. So then, uh, so then that song just became timeless. And then it was kind of maybe because I live here so long, I miss Australia. And that was just like a part. When I play that, it's like just the good parts of Australia that it reminds me of. It doesn't remind me of anything else. But yeah. just good times. And I think drunk Jason just wants to have a good time. Uh-huh. And, and I'll have it over and over again if I play tomorrow over and over again. Oh, hell yeah. I got to tell you, I fell in love with Australia. I loved it there. Was that your first time? It was my first time, yeah. Have you been back? No. I, I, it was a year ago I went, so. Oh, it wasn't that long ago. Yeah, not right. that long ago. And uh, it was great. And I went alone. How long were you there? Uh, I was there for about nine days. Okay. Yeah, it was what great. What part? So uh, I was in Sydney, Melbourne, and then when I was up at his house, it's a little beach town called Newcastle. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah and that was cool, too. I went to Newcastle when I was 16, with others to go to a skateboard contest and uh, it was like I was really young and really a baby and uh, some of these other ska- older skaters were like, we'll take care of him. I think they convinced my stepmom, I don't know who, I think I was pretty free to do stuff. No one was really watching but I didn't know how to do anything and they would, they woke, they were super hungover and they were like, get, 
Ellis, get food for us. So I went to McDonald's and I got them all McDonald's and they were all mad at me because McDonald's sucks. I didn't know because I was 16 <laughs> and I can eat McDonald's and I don't feel bad. But they were, I, I like got beer poured on me when I was asleep. Like I got bong water. Like I got really, I was a rat and I got like disrespected. But I went in the contest. I didn't do good in the contest. But it was like my first traveling without family, like pretend to be grown up. And, it was, and, and, and all I, everyone just kept bringing up how useless I am. <laughs> and I just kept getting high. Everyone's getting me super high. And I think I was still very young. So it was like really fucking with me. Like I was really high and everyone was just making fun of me. <laughs> so like how old were you? 16. Oh, wow. And then like, and then before the end of that year, I went to America. Wow. So it was like, a, I was like, I got a bus. I knew how to catch a bus. And then I knew how to catch a plane, like straight away. <laughs> But I didn't know how to feed myself or any of that <laughs> stuff. Megan, how did you get into your line of work? Uh, it was kind of random. Um, I was going to college up in the Bay Area, and I went to a summer festival called BFD, um, which is the radio station in San Francisco, Live 105. It's like their summer thing. So it's like um, K-Rock's Weenie Roast. And I met someone who, um, well, I before I got there, I put a bunch of mushrooms in my In-N-Out burger. And I ate it. And I'm in there. I'm tripping balls. I'm having a great time. And then um, my friend Madeline is like, hey, I know this guy that works at the station. He's going to give us better tickets, blah, blah. I'm like, sweet. So we get these better seats. And I'm watching Social Distortion. Madeline has to leave. And then the guy, um, and he's on radio, actually, in L.A. at our competitor station. But I love him very much. His name's Menace. So he comes up and he's like, he's like hey, like, where's your friend, you know? I'm like, oh, she had to leave. He's like, well, come backstage and whatever. So I'm tripping balls on mu on mushrooms, and I just start telling him, you know, about how much I love music, blah, blah, blah. So he was like, you should come intern, like, on our show. So I didn't go and do it then because I was still in college, but it planted that seed in my brain. So I moved uh, to San Diego after I graduated, and I um, applied for an internship at 91X down there in San Diego. And I got that internship and um, just started, like, on the promotion side uh, of Gave things. Gave out a lot of stickers. Gave out a lot of stickers, a lot of T-shirts. Um, but, you know, I just, I was like, oh, it's fun to be here. You know, there's always something happening. There's always bands coming in. Like, this is awesome. You know, so. Um, Why would you put mushrooms in the burger? That's my only question as well. Well, I Why was... Why just eat the mushrooms and then eat the burger? Wouldn't, didn't the burger taste nasty because it had mushrooms in it? I, you know, I, I was, what, 20? And so it kind of worked. It, oh, it totally worked. No, I don't mean I like just, tripping bit. I oh. mean the way that you consumed it, it wasn't, na the, it wasn't just a giant nasty burger. I don't think so. Uh, yeah, or maybe I, I just put it. That. Maybe I just put it on one side, and I just because like they, they're so gross when you eat yeah, them. Yeah. So is, this way, I was kind of like won't be as gross. Yeah. I don't know. But, that's an interesting theory. I never yeah. thought of it. Yeah. I always kind of weirdly like eating them. The gross part was. Yeah. Oh, you would. You kind of have that. You can have that vibe about you. He has that know, vibe. To take that I'm from just you. kidding. I don't know. Yeah, I'm just, like, I would love to know what the vibe of a person that eats loves to eat dirt looks like. <laughs> it's funny. It's like I guess other than weed, there really isn't a. You just. I like to eat painkillers. You associate the pain of you know. I mean, nobody likes the taste of whiskey. Everybody likes doing the right. thing after a shot. It all it just feels kind of right that you need to power through something to get to the other. Yeah. Side, I get that. You know? I understand that. Yeah. I remember yeah. cocaine uh, smells bad. The great Danny Way <laughs> told me. <laughs> it does. He told me once that if you chew them, it works faster. Uh -huh. And it was a time where I was in a lot of pain, so 
do I want the pain to go away faster? Yeah. And I remember chewing it and going, oh, man. And, and, and he was just like, trust me. And then sure enough, it kicked in. And then ever since then, it just seemed like I don't do painkillers just to like get high. My painkiller like parties have always been, I broke some shit. Yeah. And then the doctor gave me painkillers and it says take one every four hours. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm taking like four right now and I'm chewing them up. Yeah. You know? and, mm-hmm. then I, and then I get to be high. Make it worth your while. Yeah. yeah. But, uh, so it never... I never understood anybody swallowing it after that. Like, unless you were... Well, and then when you're a drug addict like me, you just smoke it. You know what I'm saying? Painkillers. Yeah, like the oxys. What were, what, yeah. what, what was your... If you don't mind well, oh, getting no, into not that. At all. But what not did at you... All. So you were doing shrooms, drinking, all that <laughs> yeah, stuff? Yeah, and then... Well, so what inevitably happened was I was doing so much cocaine. Right, that, then, was, your, that was your first... Yeah, it was one of the first ones, yeah. for sure. And, like, I had convinced my neighbor to become a coke dealer when yeah. we were high one night, and then he actually fucking did it. Sorry. I keep saying that. I'm going to stop. It's going to end Aren't now. You, don't you have a job on terrestrial I radio? Do, I do. Is it just my face? Yeah, I think so. I swear, so. my face just makes people I say so. no. I think it is. Okay, I'm done. I'm done yeah. with the F. Sure. Okay. So, was, did he at least make a decent, honest living as a cocaine dealer? No, that's a whole other did story. Did he go to jail? Yes. Oh, my God. Yes. I lived with a coke dealer. Yeah. Did he go to jail? Uh, not while I was there, but he had a, he had a girlfriend, and she did so much cocaine that she couldn't keep her mouth closed. And I don't mean talking. Yep. I mean, because <laughs> she couldn't breathe through her nose. So every time I knock just, on the just, door, just ringing a bell by any chance? Every time I knock on the door, he'd slightly, open it. Slightly. And she'd be behind him like a dog behind him, going. Oh my god. And, uh, and uh, you think that would deter you? Mm-mm. No. And I was like, I need to get like your dog lady. Sure. Give me a big bag. <laughs> Such yeah. a glamorous drug. It really, right? Um, yeah. and, and, and man, those two were a power couple. Anyway, so yeah, I would do. I would do the benefit of cocaine. <laughs> I'm, sh- I'm sure they're doing real good, man. Oh my god. Yeah. You know, at one point, Rodney Mullen came to the house because there was other skateboarders that lived in this house. So I'm buying coke off this coke dealer with the dog lady. And then I'm in my room, like like a couple of snorts off, panting like a dog myself. <laughs> and someone goes, "Hey, man, Rodney Mullen's here." And I walk into the living room, going, "Shut up! There's no, there's never, blah blah blah, effing this, no Rodney Mullen." And there he is, standing in the living room. Oh my god! And I was like, "Oh no," because I've always been very respectful to the gods of skateboarding. Yeah. You know, and I was like, to me, Rodney Mullen's like a child. Yeah, he's so. I mean, if you're doing dr- hard drugs, you don't touch children. You don't go near children. <laughs> So when I saw Rodney Mullen, I was like, oh, I'm so sorry. And I went immediately back into my bedroom and hid from Rodney oh Mullen because God. it's disrespectful to be that coked yeah. out around Rodney Mullen. Yeah, it is. I agree with that. I think yeah. when, you're, when you're a person who gets really well, messed up, it's not uncommon. You know, uncommon. he knows that and remembers it. And he's like, you know, he was like, no, not it. Yeah. I totally saw what you, yep, respected yep. it. <laughs> yep. You got out of there. You yeah. didn't want to, yep, it was good, good for you. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. I think at my worst, I did kind of keep two separate sets of friends. Mm-hmm. And there was only so far I would go with with one set and the other ones, I could fully pull the ripcord. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Or you just get to a point where you just have one person you do a lot of drugs with mm-hmm. and then you just never leave the house. So There's that you went too. from coke to painkillers? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I inevitably went to kind of like taking Percocets every day to then like the little 30s of Oxy. That, yeah, I the, never... little, the little blue ones and you like crush them up. Oh, and yeah, blues, them. yeah. And then if you could find the 80s, the Oxy 80s, which they were selling for like $100 a 
a thing. Yeah. And you'd like suck off the time release. <coughs> yeah. And then you'd run it. And that that got me higher than any heroin That's I've right. ever done in my life. I did yeah. that. I did that. Remember yeah. when I caught that shark in the 80s heart? Mm-hmm. That was that was when the guy, there was this crazy fisherman guy that had painkillers and all kinds of drugs on the boat because we were like up for three days on the boat. And he, he, I remember he said he like crushed him and, and did a huge line and I was like, man, that's a lot. And he's like, it's mellow, their time release. And I, and I we all quoted him for weeks after it, that everything, every, if, if, if something's difficult, we just go, it's time release. <laughs> because it, it made no, he snorted it. He crushed it and yeah. snorted it. it yeah. the, no, they're not anymore. No, they're, no, yeah, they're not. <laughs> yeah, and then at one point I remember there was like a real big fish I don't know what kind of fish it was, but it was like a real, like real, like a groper looking thing, not a shark, but like a giant fish. I don't know what kind of fish it was, but sunfish is that a thing? Maybe am I making that up? Nah, that sounds about right. All right, like can we get a picture of a sunfish? Four (laughs) foot wide, like a giant thing, and I'm I get off the side of the boat, I'm like, whoa, look at that! And then I sense somebody on the roof of the boat above me, and I look up, and as I look up, I see this dick and balls. I had a man, he's naked and he's flying off the roof of the boat and he lands on the giant sunfish. Oh, my God. Yeah. Wow. So time release, my ass. <laughs> now, I've heard you tell that story before. Did it look anything like this? It looked like that red one. The, the red one the, next the, to it, yeah. The long ear sunfish? Yeah. Huh. <clears throat> it was bright. It was a beautiful color. Here's a dumb question. I associate, you know, I understand people can stay up for days on end on stimulants, cocaine, speed. I don't associate painkillers with staying up for days on end, but I've never really abused them. Is that a thing? Yeah, you can. I mean, <coughs> I, mean I don't no, know. I feel for like me, when you not drink, really. I just, well, I think there were other, we were doing other stuff. Yeah, exactly. Well, yeah. But I, but and I, I still, was doing speed with the, that too. Right, because you yeah. didn't you eventually get into meth? Yeah. Right. Yeah. That I that I had I did that. I talked about that recently because a comedian talked about it, and it made me remind. I rem, I I accidentally did meth. Okay. The first time you I did it. Thought it was it. coke. Yeah, I don't really know what I thought it was. It was more of a there was I'm this just guy. Do what's in front of me? <laughs> there was this guy that it was when I was like secret gay still, and and I met up with him. And he had an apartment, and he was like, I don't know, I don't want to do. He had an accent, like uh an Asian accent, mm-hmm. and I remember that he lived on Gatna because he would always say it in a way where I, I would copy him because I always thought it was such a weird way to say it. What, what is it? Gardner. Oh, I said, he lives oh. On, he, live, he lives on Gatna. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, and he would always refer to his hole as, a, as the P word. And sure. And it, it was the first time I ever heard a man call his thing a, the P word, and I was like, no, it's not. You know what I mean? Like, why are you saying that? He's like... And he would say that in a weird way too. But he's like, you know, you like smoke or whatever? And I was like, yeah, sure. I don't know. And it was like a glass pipe. And I was like, oh, fancy glass pipe, you know? <laughs> and then This I'm, must be the finest tobacco. <laughs> I remember. <laughs> I, I, I took a big hit and I went, and I held it in. He's like, no, 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 don't, don't hold it in. And I was like, well, you don't know how to smoke, dude? Like, and I was like, oh, no, I'm holding it in. And then I realized... <laughs> Like a few moments later, yeah. that was not. As you're blowing smoke rings. Yeah. <laughs> meth. Yeah. But I got into it a little bit because of it. Yeah. I remember there was a couple of times there where I'd done it and then to go to sleep I had to drink ridiculous amounts of red wine because I wouldn't oh. do the 
the Xanax, I wouldn't cross the, the streams because oh. I knew that that kills people and I just would always assume that whatever amount that I did, don't do a downer after whatever you did that was up because you, you just do too much. Yeah. And if you cross them, it's gonna, you're going to wreck yourself. So instead of doing that, I would, I would opt to do bong rips and, and red wine and it doesn't work anywhere near as good. No, it doesn't. So it's just yeah. hours yeah. to the point where it got, I was like, so I'll do, the, I'll do the meth and then that will trigger this insane binge of wine and, and weed or cigarette, like you na- like whatever I can do, just keep moving, keep moving. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then just wake up feeling like such dog crap. Oh, yeah. And then I had jobs. Like it was, I had a job. I was on a red carpet the next day. And I remember... It was Fred Durst. You know, all of a sudden I'm talking to Fred Durst and I'm like, oh, I think I'm going to faint and vomit at the same time. Oh, like, God. What a- and he seems like a guy who comes in hot on a red carpet, yeah. especially in the heyday. Yeah, I was like hanging out with Diddy and Dana White and Vandalay, like all these people, and I was like, oh, that was a – meth was a bad choice. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's always a bad choice. <laughs> Yeah, I was yeah. in a full-on, like, before I came home and went to rehab, I was in a full-on psychosis because after a while, so no I, I ended up getting uh, hired at a, the station up in San Francisco from that guy, yeah. Menace, and I worked there for a long time, and I got fired because I was uh, stealing from the company. Uh, How? Uh, tickets. Oh, yeah, to sell go. for drug money. Yeah. Um, yeah sure. Which they know because the, nice. par- the parent company of K-Rock was the same one. So when I got hired back at K-Rock, I went in and I said everything that I had done and that I was in sober living and they were taking a gamble on me and I apologize, obviously. So, um, but yeah, they had an HR file on me. Um, And they gave you a second chance? They did. That's awesome. They must have a little bit of a track record there. I mean, the only one I know off the top of my head, Mike Catherwood, obviously transitioned from the worst. Right. I mean, that's going back to old school. So they've been been helping DJs get – Get dried out for fifty years. Now. Oh, they absolutely, need to, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> you can tell you're good people, you know. Like Catherwood, I don't know him when he was on the drugs, but he's a he's a good soul, you know. Yeah. Right. And, and when you know that, when you can read that in people, it, it's easier to want to give them a second chance, you know. If someone's just a turd, and they, you know, it's like, yeah, fix me, so I can turd on you as soon as I get fixed. Yeah. You know, those guys and girls are easier to like. I ain't giving you another chance. Yeah. You don't even want it. Absolutely. But when someone's begging for it you know they're like please yeah and I was like literally like 60 something days sober and I was in a sober living I was like you know just rocking it on the top do you think that helped you stay sober by oh yeah right so they really did like give you they gave you a shot at life again they did that's pretty cool and I'm super grateful you know for that so you got their back for life because of it right absolutely so psychosis you say oh yes Thank you. You're so you're so That's good. And trust like, me, I if he wasn't here, was we'd, going. Be, we'd be screwed. Yeah. Panda as long as one of us remembers, because yeah. on the last show, <laughs> I totally I like, forgot what I was doing. <laughs> as long as one person keeps, it's a lot like doing cocaine. As long uh, as somebody's going to reorient yes, the conversation, we can do you. this all day. It's 4th of July today. Happy Not 4th. for anybody, almost anybody's enjoying it, but yeah, happy I know what day it is. Yeah, you that have was that a small flex. Continue. Um, okay, so I, you know, got fired Psychosis. from the radio station, yep. and then lost everything. Like yeah. living in the car with my ex boyfriend at the time, you know, staying on friends' couches. It was like really bad. You know, pawned everything. That whole deal. Ugh. So finally, we managed to kind of just like get on some methadone, yeah. and then uh, wait, then methadone I, works for meth. 
No, <laughs> no, methadone's for opiates. Okay, but what are you on meth? Uh, about to get there, about to get on meth. Oh wow! So so it was like oh, so man, it was like you did, hero- you did you did heroin and heroin? then you jumped to meth. Because of it helps. Megan, you don't look because dumb. it helps with the dope sickness. That's why. Yeah, but that's still and I needed, stupid. And I needed energy. I'm not saying I'm bright. I'm get a, not. Get by a any means. coffee. I'm you saying know? I'm a drug addict. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I, uh, so wow. I, so I start working at a winery. You know, which is like an awesome job when you're an alcoholic, and um, that's why so many of them do it. Uh, yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. And so I, I, I'd been working there for like almost a year, and I was doing a lot of a lot of meth. And uh, so I was already like every day I was like in the winery. I was like printing out like um, I was, you know, doing like my deep dive research on like I was convinced that someone that had just moved in two doors down from our winery was like CIA operative, you know. Uh, And then what I ended up finding out was like somehow they were involved in building uh, like military weapons or or planes or something for the CIA. So I was like, I knew it, you know? Um, wait, so, wait, if I can pause you right there. Yes. So you're doing lots of research? Yes. That's what you do when you're on meth. Either from the way it appeared to you at the time or the mm-hmm. hindsight of clarity now looking back, like what were you actually, was it like finding a milk carton in his garbage and saying this means something? Like how, how did you connect those dots? It doesn't have to make sense. Just tell me how. You're damn right it doesn't you, have to make sense. And I know it won't. It, it doesn't make sense. You're just in, you're in st- such a state of paranoia Yeah, all but that's the such a time. specific conclusion. How did you have your eureka moment? CIA I weapons. Have, I don't know. Wow. I have okay. no right. idea. Say no more. No okay. idea. I just Googled their the name and uh and then I start, you know, LinkedIn. digging. Hmm. Yeah. And then I, I just it. start uh, you know, finding out all this like weird stuff. So anyway, so I'm just that's how paranoid I am every day. And then so anyway, these people come in and I serve them, whatever, they leave. And to this day I, d- I don't know if this is true or not, but they do a costume change and they come back in for me to serve them again. And one of them, the men, has drawn on freckles on his face. And I just remember like looking at him and I'm like, this fuck, this guy has drawn on freckles on his yeah. face. And I serve them again and it freaked me out so much that I just closed up shop right then and there and I never went back to that winery again. And uh, and then I was in rehab like three days later, four days later. That was yeah. a good idea. Yeah. yeah <coughs> Can I was, tell you though? I feel like I can sort of make sense of that and, and, and tell me if I'm wrong here, but... Our brain obviously has the capacity to make up same guy, but freckles drawn on, because that's dreams. Mm. That kind of you can easily have. The, oh, I, it was Tony Hawk, but I don't have these weird drawn right, on. Right, right. That can yeah, act, yeah, yeah. Totally. So like your brain has that ability. You were just blurring the line between fantasy yeah. and reality. Well, and I, you know, at that point wasn't sleeping a lot. Right. You know what I mean? That so, was and your I was dream. Like, you just happened to be awake. And I was like a hundred pounds. Like I was like barely eating, like barely sleeping. And so who, like I, that's why I always say I have no idea to this day what really happened, but that was my experience. I remember reading in Slash's book that one of his rock bottoms was, I think he was at some resort or something, and he was convinced that there were thousands of miniature predators chasing him (laughs) around everywhere. You gotta have a nap. (laughs) (laughs) When that happens, you gotta take a nap. It's such an awesome visual. I picture just little hymns, really. Oh, yeah. But I think it's part of your subconscious is like trying to get you to stop and, Mm -hmm. and just trying to tell you like what you're doing is not good and just to freak you out enough to where you'll stop doing it. So you don't do that anymore. I don't. That's yeah, right. yeah. It's been seven and a half years sober. 
best thing I ever did in my life. Yeah. You sleep you sleep great, don't you? I sleep great. Isn't that I don't wake up hungover ever. Isn't that I nice? love that. Yeah. Love Mornings that. are great. You're in Los Angeles. Yeah, they are. It makes no sense to be a night person in LA. <laughs> you can make rainbows whenever you want here. That's, That's right. right. That's very Just true. Just add water, you guys. <laughs> you can buy a glory hole. I know, with yeah. handlebars on it. Mm. Yeah. Man, you you're coming up with a lot of good things to do in Los Angeles, Michael. You're making this town sound really cool. It's weird. I listen to other shows and they're like, LA this, LA that. I'm like, I make rainbows and have a glory hall. I don't know what the problem is. It's pretty cool here. Just Tony Hawk has a ramp that I can no. ride. I got a key to it. That's like, what so is cool. what are we talking about here? My yeah. pool's ready to go. I got Virgin Pina Coladas. Woo! You know? Oh, the agony of California, <laughs> you dickhead. Yeah, get your heel off my throat, Gavin Newsom. <laughs> <laughs> the guy, the guy is literally strangling the life out of me from eight hundred miles yeah, from right. here, yeah, choking yeah. on my virgin pina colada <laughs> over here in the rainbow world. So, what's the single coolest thing that you have gotten to do? Short of, of course, meeting Silver Chair as and uh, being on this show as obviously. Right. I mean, come on, yeah, as a personality, uh, it's huge. Um, I think. Uh, well, one of like the earliest things that I got to do in my career was interview Jack White and his um, and his trailer backstage at Outside Lands. And I mean, like he looked like he had just walked out of like a Tim Burton movie, you know. And I'm like 21, 22, so young, and. You know, and I'm sitting in there just, like, interviewing Jack White, and that's just, like, a musical hero of mine. Um, I mean, I don't know. Just getting to talk to these people that I've just, you know, grown up loving. Because, like, I feel like music has been my number one love up until I met drugs. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, I mean, I don't really... No, that's plenty. Yeah. I, 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 I get it, you know, because... I feel like the, you know, celebrities and famous musicians and stuff, like so many people freak out that they can't have a normal interaction. Sometimes it almost seems like they welcome meeting, like they hang out with the same 10 like musicians and groupies all day and they can't talk to people at the supermarket. They can't go to the supermarket. Yeah. So when somebody just vets you and you go on their trailer, they're like, oh, hey, do you like, do you want a cup of tea? And you go, I mean, I remember having um, a very polite civil afternoon with like Joan Jett. Mm -hmm. And it was oh like, what my God, the heck so am cool. I doing on Joan Jett's tour bus yeah. right now? This is so... You know, little old Mike Tully in Rutherford, New Jersey, never could have possibly imagined when. I mean, I was there when MTV started. Oh my God. I have one like that, but it's not cool anymore because he was, turns out he's a dick, but. Uh, there could be so many people, let's guess. <laughs> but somebody that came on the show that's very famous and I respected a lot. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. And he started to like me. And I was like, wow, because I always took him as a pretty smart guy for such an anarchist. Because I've seen interviews where I was like, this guy's got a brain. And this is all set up. Like, he knows what he's doing here to make this whole thing what he is. And he likes me. And I could tell he was super shut off, wasn't going to talk to anybody. And I was like, man, I really got a skill. That's cool. And then he was like, let me get your phone number. I'm like, really? And I started to hang out with him a little bit until I, you know, caught on that it, it's mm. not, probably not a, that's not a good friend I have. Yeah. <clears throat> but yeah. it did feel good at the time. Mm-hmm. Because I was like, I'm nervous. He doesn't like people. He looked like he was for sure going to not like all of us. And he had a good time. Yeah. So those, are, I get that. Like, because I don't, I don't like, like, like James Hetfield's the biggest person I could ever meet. And he did an interview and he didn't really like me. 
Yeah. And it was like people were like, man, you got to speak to your idol. I'm like, mm, yeah, it was pretty bad. And it wasn't a terrible interview. He wasn't <laughs> yeah. like, I will never speak to Jason Ellis again. It was just like, he's like, I don't know, some dude, good for you. Totally. It wasn't, totally. It wasn't anything, but it wasn't face to face. And then I, but then I met him at the ESPY Awards, I think. I don't know how I got accidentally interviewing on the red carpet. Like I went there to get wasted and party. And then somebody didn't show up to interview. And then they said, hey, Jason, do you want to do it? I was like, yeah, sure. And then I'm just on some line and they keep saying celebrities and I'm interviewing people. I don't care because they're just goofs that I don't care about. And then they go, coming up next is Metallica. And I go, wait, not the Metallica. <laughs> and then I look down the green carpet because they were, you know, action sports doing something different. <laughs> But that's very extreme. That's the most extreme of all really, carpet colors. They literally don't care, Michael. They, they don't answer to anybody. They're like, do it green. We're doing it green. So, yeah, they, they're there, and it's right when Jason Newstead had left, so it was just the three of them, and there was no official uh, bass player. Trujillo. Right. Yeah. When Bob I, Rock was the bass player. Oh, yes. my God. <laughs> I, mean, I hated that guy. You know, I, I told you I vibed him into Target once. Like, I almost said something. He walked by me, and I almost was like, you son of a bitch, oh Bob Rock. <laughs> Like, how dare you? Yeah. You know what I mean? You are some kind of monster. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> you guys are recently You're the load. It. You're the load. Ooh, yeah. so good. I oh, my God. that guy. I mean, I... Okay, okay, so keep going. Yeah. Oh, so Kirk comes up first and the other two are still talking. And Kirk's like, hey, man, I'm like, hey, dude, I'm like your biggest fan. This is like crazy to me. And, he, and I'd been given jewelry so I get the announcing gig and then all of a sudden I'm in a hotel room and somebody comes in with a suitcase full of jewels and goes, do you want to wear some of this on the red carpet? And I was, you know, like I was listening to Jay-Z and stuff. I had like a tight little beanie do-rag on and, you know, I mean, I, I think I had a, like a tiger shirt on. Like I was full douche. I probably had lugs on or, or Timberlands. Like I was really going for it. And they go, do you want some of this jewelry? And it was like diamond crosses and like... Like $100,000. Bling. And I was just like, yeah, I'll take that and that. So now I've just got all this jank on that's not me, but I don't care. I'm like, I, I don't believe in God at all. I got a diamond cross on. <laughs> so when I go, hey, man, I'm your biggest fan, Kirk goes, are you? Are you sure? And I go. Well, and on red and green carpets, every douche says that to every single person. Right. You had yeah, that I guess working you're right against too. you. Yeah. So he, yeah, he questioned it immediately. And I was like, oh, yeah, I'll show you. And, and right as I said that, Lars and James came up. And I was like, uh, I'm just about to show. He doesn't think that I'm your biggest fan. I'm about to prove you wrong. And I go to start pulling my pants down. By having sex with all three of you. <laughs> because I've got Metallica tats. I got Metallica. <laughs> I'm going to do I you until you, you love me. I love you, You're awesome. So then I- Would Bob Rock do this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm going to. I'm about to be your muse. I'm your face player. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You're no. going to mix me out anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I did not say that. But I pulled my pants down and oh they God. went to back off because they thought I was just going to pull my dick out. I oh, think. my God. And I showed him the tattoo and Lars licked his finger and rubbed it. And he was like, whoa, that's real. And I'm like, yeah, it's real. What are you talking about? And then James goes, I thought it was going to say met. And I was like, oh, he made a little dick joke. And I remember like it killed me because I'm like, James, I just want James to like me. Yeah. I don't care about the rest of them. I mean, I do, but James is more important. And then I somehow introduced them to the rock lock. And, and they were like, what? 
I'm like, rock lock, because you know, I did the interview. And I was like, rock lock. And then they're like, what is a rock lock? And I was like, go like that. And then you do the other thing where it locks in. Oh, yeah, yeah. And okay. he was like, James was like, I like it. Okay. I like the rock lock. And then I saw him <laughs> later on that night and he was like, rock lock, and gave it to me again. And then my skateboard buddy said he saw him in Vancouver and James gave somebody the rock lock and called it rock lock on stage. And I was like, there you go. See? So he did like you. Yeah, no, but yeah, sure. He changed his life. I did, yeah, there you, you go. Did. Again, you know, yeah, always he carried do. that with him. I met him one time. He came to our winter show for the yeah. radio station because Green Day were headlining. And uh, he was just hanging out backstage, having a good old time. He was really nice. But I think what I have to remember with these artists is like depending on what their day looked like, how much travel, how jet lagged they are, blah, blah, blah. Like they're gonna be moody sometimes because yeah. I've I've had I'm not gonna name the band but I did an interview with them one time and they were not in a great mood at all and I also think they're just used to like cheesy like radio and TV people you know which I get it you know it's like most people are kind of you know can just be a little bit much so and then I met the same band at one of their after parties and they were lovely you yeah. know and then um, like it, so isn't it funny that you start to by seeing their lives because i I've, I've always especially from like being kind of a a, a a bum and then working my way up and people's opinions of like you know you're gonna make it jason and then when i make it it's like oh too cool to like do this or too cool must be must be nice like it's like little attitudes like that mm -hmm. that i've also had yeah but then by being involved in it like carrie hart i love carrie hart he's a dear friend of mine he doesn't text me back sometimes. Yeah. And I'm like, He's what kind busy. of a friend doesn't text you back? Watch Carrie Hart's phone. Yeah. Watch what it does yeah. and see what he does in a day and then understand why. If he yep. opens it, like sometimes I don't open text messages because yeah. if I do and like four more come and I forget to get that one, then it just it disappears because yeah. I'm getting pulled everywhere. Totally. And I feel like you wanna know the bigger how people get, the more you got to understand. Like Tony Hawk is somebody where I – He's like, I want, I will pay for you to leave me alone. Yeah, you know yeah, what I mean? Like, yeah. oh, how much money? You know what I mean? Like, to get me to leave my house, it's not about me going there or getting an award or doing a demo or getting a pat on the back or TV, commercial, whatever you're going to give me. It's my time. Mm -hmm. Like, and, and somebody who's, he's such a good father and a good person that his priorities are in order, but he's because of, it, like he, because he, he regrets. Like there was a time where he was younger, where it was, I'm going. They're asking me to go to New York. They're asking me to. I'm gonna. I've got to go. And he would, you know, like his wife would be like, "Why? Like why?" And questioned it. And I remember being on the same. Like, what, what do you mean question it? Because they asked me. It's like, why would I not go? Because at one point, nobody asked me to go anywhere. Mm -hmm. And now that the that the iron's hot, I'm gonna strike. But there comes a, a like how much money, how much fame, how much right. popularity do you want versus your family, your kids, your friends, your life that you like, like which which well, is it worth giving up? And I feel like when you see how busy those people get, and it's like you've got a manager and you've got an agent, and you've got an assistant. I'm like, yeah, and they're pulling you everywhere, yeah. and you and and when it's hot, it really is crazy. Like sometimes it'll be like you're gonna have four hours sleep. And then you're going to do like a bunch of shows and you better be bubbly, you. Yep. You know, and then, and it's like, well, then tomorrow I get a break. And well, we could have, but this one show showed up and they thought, and then and then next thing you know, you're doing this thing that people from the outside will be on Instagram, you're soft, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, you, if you did it, 
just like I know if you work in the oil mines, you know, you, you work in all these other places where real work is happening for many, many hours. You don't stop. You don't get that much sleep. You get up early, you do it again. Like, I, I respect that. Mm-hmm. I understand it's very hard. But because, like, okay, so you're digging holes for a living and you're not on Instagram getting a million likes, it doesn't take away that it's not hard. Right. I'm just trying to, it's like, you know, like it must be nice to be a pro skateboarder. Do you know how hard it is to be a pro skateboarder? Yeah. It must be nice to be a rock star. I don't know what it's like to be that good at guitar. I don't understand how you can sing and play and write all those songs for that many years. And it's like, oh, it must be nice because you're flying in a private jet. You do it because you could have. You know, when you wake up, when you're a little kid, I remember Dave Mustaine had an interview talking about how he played guitar for seven hours every day in his room, seven hours without fail every day. You don't know what that's like, you know, like not many of us do where you just give your whole life to something to the point where even that the Silver Chair interview where he's like, I don't have a child, I didn't have a childhood. Mm-hmm. Like he did, but it wasn't a normal one. And, right. it, and, and when you don't have a normal one, you really do crave it when you get older and you see kids live a normal one. It's, you, you crave it because you go, you know what? Was it cool? My one, Was mine cool? Yeah, especially look good on video too. Yeah. But was it healthy? Am I a healthier person? Am I an easy person to deal with? Because that interview, I'm a small famous person, so my scale's little, but I still, it's, it's big enough to understand that you, it takes something. Like you think you just get, you know, I'm famous, I'm successful, I get paid. It t- that take you, you lost something that you're never going to get back. You could, and if, you re- if you're like a, a grounded individual, it's sad mm-hmm. to realise that because you, you, you're a shit of a person. You got to do all this work now because you don't know what it's like to care or be there or be consistent or because you no one ever told no one ever showed you any any other way. You're just flying off. Oh, I can't handle. I got to go. I got to do stuff. Those people get lonely. Oh you know? yeah. Because in the end, we don't want to hang out with you because you're kind of in t- you know hard to deal with. Yeah. I feel like that's from the outside. It's easy to go. You know, oh. Blah, exactly. blah, blah, blah. But I think every, people should realize that it's tough. Everybody's got it tough. Everybody. Yeah. Everybody hurts sometimes. Even Everybody Elton John, hurts. you know? Uh, yesterday, I interviewed the band Fall Out Boy. Yeah. And one of their members, Joe, recently took a step back. I mean, the band just put out a new album, just announced a new tour. And he put out a statement saying, I've got to take a mental health break and step back for a second. And then uh, he did that and he came back in. And, you know, and I was talking to them yesterday and and they were just kind of talking about, um, you know, because he said he was doing much better, blah, blah. But back in 2009, they don't want to call it a hiatus, but they just took time to focus on their lives because they were just saying, you know, um, like Pete Wentz was saying, you know, I would be in Tokyo, but I didn't feel like I was in Tokyo because we were just in our hotel. It was like, you're just going from airplane to bus to hotel to venue and doing it all over again. And you have no stability. And it's, it's not like anybody is saying like, woe is me, but it's just like, that takes a toll on you. And yeah, did, you, yeah. did you? I'm sorry to interrupt you. Did you see the the Radiohead documentary? I think it's called "Meeting People Is Easy." Ooh, I don't think I saw you that. You should watch it. It's okay. the same thing. They say in the doc. If I remember correctly, they say in the documentary that Pink Floyd tried to film the same documentary of "Here's What Life Is Actually Like on the Road," mm-hmm. and ultimately decided not to release it because they realized it's such 
it would make people realize it is not it's fun so at boring. all to do this. And yeah. um, they were going from The Benz, which was a mm-hmm. first album was very successful, and then The Benz was much more successful. But then, okay, Computer was the like, you guys are rock geniuses. And there's just a part where somebody is interviewing like the bassist, one of the more minor members. And he just asks the most mundane question, like, were you surprised at how much the world responded to OK Computer? And because it's such a question the guy has answered so many times, and because you could tell he was a genuinely good soul who didn't want to give the canned answer, he stops and starts to think of a way to actually talk to him like a human being. And the guy starts, the guy from Radiohead starts crying. He literally starts crying because he's like, and the guy's like, we don't need to, it's, and and how great is that of, because you've been in there, particularly when you're not a very established personality, you've got five minutes with Radiohead and you're cool enough to go, I can go back to my boss and just say he wasn't up for it. Most people wouldn't have the presence of mind to do that. But at that, after an hour of the documentary, when that happens, you're like, I can see why this man is crying, Mm -hmm. that they're asking him, hey, your album's great. Tell me about it. Yeah. Because it would it would wear oh, you down. Yeah, you just you get so sick of hearing yeah. your own same story yeah. that it just takes the beauty out of the art that you worked so hard to create. For sure. And you're just like the whole reason why you put it out into the world is for people to relate to it however they want to relate to it. Don't come to me and ask me what it's about, but it's like part of what I do like that's my job in a sense to ask those questions. Yeah. But I try to ask different stuff you know what I mean I, sure. I try to I don't know relate to bands on a more like personal level or just even asking them like dumb stuff like you know uh like the drummer like what do you listen to before you go on the drums because you're so fired up like what do you listen to before that and then what do you listen to when you're sad like just little things that you're not really going to know about these people that are kind of inconsequential, but like fun little facts. Sure. Well, you know? I mean, we've been doing this for a while. You can see the difference when you snap somebody out of. Then yeah, I'm. I can do this with my with my eyes closed. Right. And you can actually literally see the pause where they start to answer, and they go, "Oh wait, that's a question I actually need to think about the answer to." Yes. yes. And then the and then the person starts to come out. Mm-hmm. Does that remember when we interviewed Machine Head backstage and <laughs> yeah. the singer was playing guitar the whole time he was He's answering just my questions and warming mm-hmm. up? Flying. His hands were flying. Yeah. It was very difficult for me to continue to ask questions because of how impressed I was with his fingers <laughs> yeah, flying totally. around while he was right. answering the question. <laughs> And then finally I asked the question where it made him stop, stop. playing. Uh-huh. And then he was like, wait, what? Yeah. And then they came on the show. They like liked us yep. from that. You I have think, to and win I swear these it was people that, over. It was That's that one question. Yeah. And it was a dumb, it was dumb too. Yeah. Like it was a super stoner shock. I think it's a little, it, it wasn't necessarily like a horse-sized ducks or duck-sized horses or something, but it, but was, it was close. Along those yeah, 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 totally. Something to do with sharks. And he was but like, all right, I'll, I'll go. I'll, right. I'll buy it. But it's just it. stuff like that where they're like, okay, this is going to be fun. This is yeah. going to be something different, you know? And it was the same thing with me Rob with the Flynn. band yesterday. I yeah. like I and and with most bands, they're they usually take a second, you know, it takes about a minute or two. They're kind of like you can tell they're sort of like, what what are you going to say? How dumb is this going to be? <laughs> and then, and I'm like, oh, you wait, you know? And then after a couple minutes, they're like yeah. laughing, they're joking around, like, you know, and that's a really good feeling to a have. A lot of pressure before that happens though, right? Yeah, there definitely is. Um, yeah, but I just always feel like as long as I'm being my authentic self, that's all that I can yeah. be. And yep. if they don't like my authentic self, then that's okay. Yep, you, you know? are right. But like, I'm just going to do as much preparation as I can has, and has, then go from there. Has know? anything gone bad? Um, 
I've never had like a really, really bad uh, interview. I mean, sure, there's been times. Has where anyone it's been, been angry or anything awkward? Like no, I've I've never really had anyone storm off or right. anything. I mean, definitely just moody. Yeah, moody answers. But very you seem short like answers. somebody that when they're moody, you go, okay, I'm gonna go soft. I'm gonna because you're you're terrestrial. You're you're not trying to. Well, cause and a, the a, other thing too is I'm kind of like, if you don't want to be here, then we'll make this really short. Yeah, because I don't. You know, I'm I'm not gonna make this go all out all along yeah. if you're not gonna give any good answers. Let's make both of us look good. You know. Yeah. So, um, but I would say for the most part, bands are pretty professional and they're pretty good about putting the most talkative members into the interviews or whatever. You know, stuff like that. Um, Have you ever interview, interviewed Johnny Rotten? No. No. Yeah, no I wish. I wish. Do you? Yeah. Uh. I got obsessed with uh, Pill, like, during the pandemic yeah. for some reason. They have a new album. Do, you do know? they really? <laughs> Believe it or not. Oh, my yeah, God. Public that's... Image Limited. Don't, yeah. ask, don't yeah. ask him who the band members are. <laughs> yeah. I, I fucked up. <laughs> I actually had a moment with him where I got him to be real. And he was being nice. Yeah. Because yeah. there is that side. I've seen it. Absolutely. Because I said to him, and in retrospect, it was, like, naive to be to think that this was going to be okay, but it was just I was just dumb enough for it to work. I said, it's so crazy to me that you were greeted as this, like, sea change from everything that had come before you in terms of the attitude, in terms of the image, in terms of the lyrics, in terms of what the way you presented yourselves, of course. But if you listen to Nevermind the Bollocks, it just sounds like a rock album. Mm-hmm. It's, not, it's not hardcore or anything. And he's like, you know... I would have been really angry for you to say that in 1977, but listening to it now, I think you're right. I'm like, give a Yeah, wow. wow. Yeah, Such yeah. a ballsy move. <laughs> yeah, really, That though, could have backfired really. so hard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. seriously. I was so nervous. He literally, he's like, you seem uncomfortable. I'm like, I'm pointing to Where, yeah. you, you get to talk to him? When we were back on Sirius. Because oh, he wow. was on the show, but I had to do some other thing with him, uh, like as a DJ. That's a bummer, because maybe you could have stopped the, he wanted to fight me. No. Yeah, he got up and him and his security guard who Rambo, look, was that his name? Yeah, he looked like he'd been he it was the same age, so it looked like he'd been his security guard since back in the day. Probably, yeah. So he was just an old dude with a suit on, you know? <laughs> and then they both stood up and I'm like, wait, you're both standing up? Like, wait, are you gonna punch me? Like in the and the, the rock guy was like kind of puffing up and I was like, I'm I wasn't trying to do anything. And then they left and my boss was like, just so you know. He does that to people. Okay. Like, he walked off and was, like, not even thinking about it right after it happened. Yeah, totally. And he's like, you did nothing wrong. I, yeah. I, I, but I needed him to say that because I was like, wait, was asking, you know, because I really, I'm like, you, you know, the original guys, one of them's dead. You know what I mean? Like, so who's in the band? I That's just a very to valid say, question. And yeah. he was super insulted that I didn't know the names of the other guys. Oh, God. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But he, again, just a moody person. I saw Tom you know? Segura do an interview with... Uh, freaking uh, who's the guy that's really into feet? The director, creepy guy, Quentin Tarantino. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and he <laughs> and he said at, at the very end of the interview, he was talking about his book, his new book, and how he loves it. And he's like, "Well, so far you've only um, discussed the first three pages." And then he broke him down and was it was like, "Yeah, he hasn't read it yet. He's in the middle <gasps> of it." He's like, "Well, you're in the middle of it, but you've got three pages in." And and it's Tom Segura, who's a very intelligent oh, man, yeah, who runs a very so nice like too. professional show. Yeah. And Quentin Tarantino is putting you on blast at the end of the podcast because you didn't read the whole book. Oh, I was like, painful. dude. Apparently, oh. Quentin sent the book like the day before. Though. Oh wow, the day before. Come on. It just 
I love that that is that we it just it was just such a and, and to watch Tom become what we are yeah. like we like because Tom to me is so much bigger than us and and to see him squirm yep. and be like. Like, because it, it, it could be like, you know what, dude, we suck a butt. Yeah. Like, you said it to me yesterday, jerk off. Like, you're really trying to call me out, but it's Quentin Tarantino. Right, right. You've got him on the show. So you go, oh, well, I mean, I, 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 I want to. Like, and, I'm, and I'm like, man, he's in hell right now. <laughs> yeah. I'm Squirming. saying I know I will love it. Yeah. yeah. Like, it was yeah. such a weird. It's the worst when you get caught not yeah. knowing background and information. I, I've, I hate I, that. I've Ooh. always. That's what I am. I never do research. Okay, okay. But I. But my argument was, if I know it and I say it to you, then you can just go, yeah, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> so I want to know firsthand, what are you? Yeah. What do you do? Where do you come from? Like, well, because, excuse me for not reading your freaking well, Wikipedia. This, and this is how I feel about it too. When you're doing a long form show or you're doing a podcast, I feel like the whole point of doing that is for you to gather information about this person. So asking questions organically and getting those answers organically right. in that moment is going to actually make for a better conversation. But when it comes to a radio interview, they expect yep. you. Yeah, you have to be fast and yep. they expect you to like know all the information. But I mean, you know, it's it's like we we all make mistakes. I was raised radio. I was radio raised like what I was doing was the the opposite of what you should be doing. Right. But I was getting um, uh, compliments for it. Yes. Like I, when I became a DJ, they were like, "You got to talk about these bands," and I was like, "This is the worst band I've ever heard in my life." <laughs> and then my boss would come in and go, "You can't say you that." Say that on the air. Oh yeah. <laughs> And then, he, and then he was like, dude, if you're going to just say that this is the worst song you've ever heard, go on MySpace. And then he taught me how to use MySpace, type in the band, because I couldn't really read or write, so I'd have to watch, like, the band, like, type in the name. And then the photo would come up and they'd be, like, the biggest <laughs> douches ever because they make crappy music. And I'm like, oh, my God. The singer is a, you know, an absolute tool. Oh, my God. So now I'm, now I'm wrecking them even harder. Yep. And I remember there was times where he'd be on the glass, on the glass door. He'd just come up to the glass door and look through it at me. Oh, my God. And I'm like, this guy, blah, 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 blah. And he's at the door and I'm like, and I'll tell you another thing about it. Because <laughs> oh I because I was still a pro skateboarder and I was not good enough to make real money out of it anymore, but I was still in denial. And I was like, if you fire me, don't think I won't go back to San Diego and just be a pro skateboarder. You don't know who you're talking to. So I, that attitude let me get away with it and yeah. then bless Will's heart for not just calling New York and saying fire this guy. But people started calling in and saying, I, li I like AFI, but I, I don't mind when this dude with the accent tells me that they suck. Yeah, totally. Because I... Because well, like it's it, funny. Yeah, it was funny. So yeah. I got away with it. Well, and, and I think like it's refreshing to actually have someone tell the truth about when music really is awful. Right, because I would say... Seventy percent of the time, man, that is, I'm being real, real nice, real <laughs> yeah. on it. Seventy percent of the time, I was right. Mm -hmm. You know, like they did suck. Oh yeah, and they did need to be called out. You Do you know, know how like, many bands disturbed I've needs to be had called to out? Play that. Well, you know, I've got the what? No. And the thing is, sometimes people think I choose the music that I play. Yeah. You know, and I'm it was very apparent that I didn't. Yeah, yeah, and I'm just like, <laughs> you'll know if I love a, an artist that I'm playing because I will go off on it, or if I'm just yeah. like that was a blah, 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 on to the next thing. You know. Yeah. There's just... Because that's the way you're supposed to do it. Yeah. Well, that's yeah. Because I have professional. to be. <laughs> That's a professional broadcast. I know, but the thing is, the other thing is that you 
yourself, you are talent because you were a pro skater and a fighter. And so you can kind of get away with it more so than someone else, someone like me would be able to. I think there's also, there's just opportunities with, when new mediums come up yep. because the, the structure of FM radio yeah, is such that, that everybody's yeah. actually in bed with each other. Exactly. You, you're not more important. If Metallica goes, yeah. oh, you insulted that band that we're friends with, we're never doing the K-Rock concert again, you're toast. Whereas if you just have a blog and you got, I remember Jason's very first air check when he was on Tony Hawk's show but they were thinking about making him a DJ, the line I'll never forget is Glenn Danzig is a Satan worshiping midget. <laughs> right? right? If you say that on your that blog, good. if you say that on your blog, it's very funny but no Nobody's going to read it. Right. Sirius was in this weird yes, sweet spot totally. where artists weren't really coming too serious. And even if they were, they were going to New York. They were yeah. never going to, nobody was recording. Yeah, we never saw anybody. Nobody wow. was recording. Yeah, nobody no came, came into nobody the building. Nobody came to see Not us. in wow. those days. Yeah. And nobody was recording stuff and putting it on the internet and tagging Danzig to where right. he'd be calling yeah, he his know. label about Sirius. Totally. So it was this weird sweet spot where you there was a lot of freedom, but you were reaching people. Yeah. And and, and that's, a, that's, timing has a lot to do with it. Yeah. It was definitely yeah, that too. for sure. Yeah, it's uh, so fun though. Oh it my really god! Was. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah. It's funny that that boss used to tell me he's like, "You're going to look back on this as the good times." Oh yeah. I remember thinking, "You're an idiot," <laughs> 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 but he was right. It was actually kind of fun. Yeah. yeah getting away with murder, and then uh, when we got a little bit popular, we had our boss that would come and visit us once a year, hmm. and my boss, his boss, my boss was under him. And he didn't like him. So I got a bad opinion of this guy from New York. So when he came, I didn't like him from the get-go. Mm. And he was corporate. So when you're a pro skateboarder and you talk corporate to me, I don't like you. Uh-huh. You know, he's like, you know, Jason, you could do this and you could do this. And I was like, you want, how you have big show show? Because I had that attitude <laughs> yeah, already. totally. He's like, I don't have a show. I'm like, yeah. That's kind of how that goes, isn't it? Maybe let me do what I'm doing. Seems to be going pretty good. You're down here. You know? Uh-huh. Dickhead. Yeah. Well, I mean, but to a degree, it's like I get it because it's, you know, like someone like Howard Stern defied every single rule yeah. of radio. And well, that's, I copied him straight And up. that's what made him who he is. And, you know, there will never be another Howard Stern ever yeah. again because <clears throat> they will fire you yeah. in about two seconds. I mean, they fired him too, so. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, and it's like. But so radio, I think in a lot of ways, uh, shoots themselves in the foot because everybody is just trying to play it so safe because everybody is terrified. It's a weird world where bosses and people just do ask questions about your life and tell you to do things and you're you're getting the check so you kind of say, yeah, sure, how high? Like I went to a doctor the other day and they asked me, like, how much do you weigh? And I'm like, I'm like... 212. And she's like, stand on the scale. I'm like, I just told you I'm 212. <laughs> and she's like, stand on the scale. I'm like, I'm, no. You know, like, who are you? Are you a cop? <laughs> you know? And she's like, and I'm like, I'm not taking all my clothes off. And she's like, yeah, so? And I'm like, well, then it won't be the same. It won't be the right weight. Yeah, seriously. And then I get out yeah. and I'm 218. I'm like, mm-hmm. I'm not 218. Mm-hmm. I'm 218 with a fanny pack on yeah. and sneakers, you shithead, you know? <laughs> now you're making me feel fat because I'm 212, yeah. you know? I met, I was, this morning, I weigh myself in the morning yeah. when I'm light. Same. I'm 212, bitch. Yes. <laughs> Back rolls. Sorry, I'm a bit gay. I didn't learn that. Um, but... <laughs> <laughs> That was funny to anybody who's gay. There's, there's probably nobody 
God damn it. Anyway. Hashtag back rolls. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> but also then they go, then I get, then the doctor, then the then the nurse got to take my blood, my, t- my whatever, what is it, blood pressure. Blood pressure, yeah. Yeah, and then she's like, are you married? <laughs> and I'm like, Why? And she's like, oh, are you? I'm like, not really. I'm in the middle of a divorce. And she's like, oh, I'm sorry. And I'm like, oh, yeah, great, cool. Why'd you ask? You know what I mean? And then she's like, do you have any children? I'm like, seriously? I just want to check my throat. Yeah. What's kids got to do with it? <laughs> yeah. And why, why is everybody, does everybody answer your, your questions? Because I'm not doing it. Yeah. I was like, I don't like these questions. And she's like, oh. And then she was. I then took she my went, own blood pressure. I'll tell you what it is. Oh my God. <laughs> I t- I'll go to Walmart and do it myself. I was like, I don't, I don't like. And then it was like, and your insurance doesn't. We don't cover your insurance. I was like, well, I'm not telling you if I've got kids. You know what I mean? Like I got to pay full price. And you want to know what my whole life is? And you want your email? And then you're gonna send me. I'm gonna get those texts from like people with fake Netflix trying to pull me in. And what about when I get real punchy and senile? And then I click on the Netflix thing. And then you bill me. For stuff that I don't have because I'm an old man and I don't get it because I'm a boomer. <laughs> You're going to wreck me. And, you know what I mean? So I don't want to give you my information. I don't want to give you my kids. I don't want to tell you any, anything about me. Just give me the freaking cough medicine, you <laughs> bitch. Such a mm-hmm. – I won't take it anymore, Michael. And that's I'm not why taking you don't it. work in terrestrial radio. Yes. yes. I'm not taking it. How much do you weigh? <laughs> you know? Because she was mm. – she didn't want to get on the scale. Let's just say that. You get on there with your – Freaking sketcher sneakers on you. Sketcher sneakers. <laughs> Basic biatch. You know what I mean? That's what I'm trying to say. Well, Megan, it's been lovely. Yeah, yeah. You. Hey, you know what? You should stay for my barbecue. Uh, you know what, Jason? Yeah? That's a great idea. Yeah. I had no plans of doing that before I got here. I heated the pool. <gasps> Just for me. Yeah, okay. well, and like four other people, but yeah, okay. pretty much. All right, well, Did you got yeah. a bikini? Hell yeah. I got an American flag speedo that oh, I'm going to be putting on. Let's so go. Watch out. Rainbows Woo-hoo. for everybody. Yay. Miles, you got to be pretty thrilled about that. I saw you smoking yeah, just now. Yeah, Miles. <laughs> yeah, buddy. Miles loves America too, just as much <laughs> as me. <laughs> All right. Uh, if anybody wants to see more Jason L's show, patreon.com slash mate. Like, for instance, right now, we're going to do more show with Megan and guests, and we're going to party. And if you don't go there, you suck and you're a loser. <laughs> don't be a loser and don't suck, you know? For I mean, real. sometimes if you're, going to, if you're going to suck. Do it at the me, glory hole. Do it at the glory hole. Yeah. Have a good one, everybody. <laughs> See you next week. Don't die. <laughs> <laughs>